0: This morning i want to go to a, a passage. I may not walk as much, probably will, but may not. I'm going to try to sit still a little bit. Um, in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23 it says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And what I want to talk to you about this morning is dealing with your emotions. And uh, this is a lot bigger deal than many times what we realize, the emotional side of how we live. Because every one of us have an emotional thing going on here this morning. I would ask for a raise of hand, you know, as I begin to read these different comments I'm about to read, different hands would go up, and, and I began to think, well, let me ask you, how do you feel? How many of you have ever asked your wife, honey, how do you feel? And about three hours later, you find out, oh, okay, I got it, I got it, I'm with you. How many of you have ever asked your husband, honey, how do you feel? He says, oh, I don't know, I'm all right. And that's about as far as it goes, you know, and, but every one of us have feelings, every one of us have emotions, and, and every one of us, some of us have a lot more than others, But the problem with emotions is that some people, that's how they live. They cannot function outside of the realm of their emotion. It's true. Dealing with emotions in life is okay, and it's important to have them, and God gave them to us for a purpose. But you have to guard and keep your heart, because if you live your life based on the emotional things you feel, you will be all over the place. I'm not going to tell you, every day that I wake up in the morning when my wife comes in the living room, and I, usually I try to have her coffee made, but, but if she comes in, the first thing she says to me is not, I'm so glad you're my husband. That does not come out of her mouth. It doesn't. She never looks over me with this big bright-eyed grin and says, man, you're looking great this morning, honey. That doesn't happen. Her emotions are not based on that. When, I, when we were younger, she may have gave me a little grin or a little twinkle in her eye, but it's kind of changed. And and I'm not saying it's bad, but it's changed, it's matured. And in every one of our lives, there are things that we have to learn to deal with with our emotions. Period. Have you ever been around anybody who's an emotional wreck? Because once emotions set in, it dominates every part of their life. They can't function at the grocery store, they can't deal with their family, they can't deal with anything because everything is based on how they feel. So let me give you some examples of how you feel. Mad. Upset. I'm going to read these, and as as these hit you, I want you to raise your hand. I don't want you to shout. I don't want you to run down the aisles yet. I just want you to to raise your hand. Um, Mad. Upset. Come on. There we go. Uh, Worried. Scared. Wow, that's crazy. Scared. Depressed. Just leave it up, Chris. Just leave it up. That's all right. You leave it up. (laughs) Happy. Fulfilled. Excited. Blessed short-changed, life is unfair, sick, healthy. There's things that we feel, and, and the thing is, about those emotions, they're normal, and it's okay to have them. There is nothing wrong with, about dealing with emotions in our life. The problem is, it's when we cannot perform and live outside of those emotions. The reality is that God gave us that characteristic about us, so that we can have those ultra-intimate times, we can have those emotions. And when we are upset, you know, I I was in a funeral this week, Lloyd's father passed away, and there was lots of emotion. If you asked Lloyd how he felt, he would say devastated. There were things going on, but the thing about the devastation he felt, he had to live still above and beyond that emotion. And friend, regardless of who you are this morning, and how you feel, and what you're going through, and what you're experiencing We have to learn to live above and beyond that emotion, correct? If not, you will be an emotional, exactly, it'll be a train wreck every day of your life because you're basing everything on how you feel. Honey, do you always feel that you love me? Absolutely not. Okay. She'll talk to you ladies and WMs about that next time. One of the most important things that we that can happen in our life is to recognize feelings can hinder who we should be, and it will paralyze what we are hoping to be, because emotions are great. You know, I, I used to be. I was talking to Nathan Dawkins quite a bit last night, and a lot of dialogue back and forth. And and when I was younger, man, I watched every Kentucky game, and if they had, they didn't show it locally. They would show it late, and. and like eleven o'clock at night, after the news went off, uh, it would show again or this show, the show, or the game, and I would set up at eleven thirty and watch Kentucky play. And some of you say, "Man, I hate Kentucky." And That's okay, you know. I hate Duke and North Carolina and Missouri right now because they beat Kentucky. Australia, but not really. But I would get—I had all these emotions. I would get all worked up over every game. I look at it. I look back at it now. I think, "Oh, good gravy." Let's move on, all right? It's, kind of, it's like a Razorback fan from Arkansas. They're all kind of demented in some ways, and, and they just need lots of help because we have a few of those here this morning. But let me tell you what happens. Yeah, go pigs. Um, I'd like you to go to the book of Daniel in chapter one, and I think there's something extremely important that we're going to deal with about emotions. You will meet some people that they are who they are regardless. And their emotions may not be all over the place. They may not have a whole lot of emotion. But one thing about them, they have a purpose in their life and they know who they are. And we're going to go to the book of Daniel, chapter 1. You've heard me make reference to Daniel many times over the years. But all the emotions this young man was dealing with. It was horrible. You know, Holden, I'll see you back there, Holden. I know life has been different for you the last couple of months. A lot of the air that you had in your wings with your ability to float and play ball and golf has kind of been knocked out from under you, and it's kind of been a little bit devastated. He was in a, a car wreck, and he messed his leg up, broke his kneecap and the upper part of his leg, and, and he's been extremely tough through it all. But, but the hardest part about it now is dealing with the emotional side because he doesn't have the flexibility or the, or the time, and he can't swing a golf club yet. He can't really walk on it really yet, and all these things are limiting him. him. But let me tell you something that he's going through that I remember with my son Latham when he got hurt in high school. If all you are is what you have the ability to do, then you're not much. Just because you can jump and you're a great basketball player and if something happens, it takes that away. Friend, that does not make you who you are. And so dealing with the emotions of that is real frustrating. I haven't really talked to Holden about it, but, but I know there's times that his emotions get a little bit overwhelmed. But we have a young man here in the Old Testament. His name is Daniel. I'm going to give you a little history behind it before I read to you what I'm about to read to you. He was from a royal, um, a royal family. He had royal blood in him. He, he came from the hierarchy in Israel's uh, a leadership, but he was also a captive. Now, he was a slave. He was taken from his country as a captive, and he was brought to another, com- another country. Uh, he was anxious about what was coming. He had uncertainties about what was going to take place. What were they going to do to him? Because a common thing that happened, and people that came from royal bloodlines from one country and taken over here to taught to be scholars and be wise men in a new country, many times if they didn't meet the bill or they weren't smart enough, they would just execute them and get rid of them because their purpose wasn't there. So that happened. Uh, he was treated unfairly. He didn't have his family, his brothers, his families, no one anymore. Uh, and here's the sad, another sad thing about it. He was taken as someone who had a future. And I believe that possibly he may have even had a girlfriend, a future wife. I don't know. But he had some things lined up in his life in Israel till they became before they were invaded. And he was taken captive. And now he's taken to this place. And not only is he captive, not only is he under somebody else's jurisdiction, not only is he away from family, but more than likely he was turned into a eunuch. If you don't know what a eunuch is, Google it when you get home. Now, he had everything about his future, about reproducing and having a family and a hope was all taken away from him. Now, I don't know about you, but my emotions would be dragging a little bit low. I've had some times and seasons in my life that my emotions were not good and I was upset and I was, I was whatever hurt. But I want you to notice what took place in, in Daniel chapter 1, and verse 8. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank, Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You may not think that is a big deal, but friend, regardless of your emotions, you have to come to a place in your life that you say, I will not defile myself because of my emotions. I will not defile myself because of what's going on around me. If you've ever had an alcohol or a drug addiction... Every time things got intense and got hard and got complicated, you would run back to the bottle, or run to a pill or a joint or, or a pop, whatever it was, to try to cover up that emotion because it was a feeling that you did not want to deal with, so you covered it up. This man was full of emotions, things that had dominated him, but he made a decision. I have a purpose, and because of my purpose, it will not be wavered because of my feelings. You know, some of you may think, well, he wants to be robots, not at all. Um... After we'd been at auction yesterday and got home last night and turned into a little crybaby and fever, and I was sitting in my recliner, and it was kind of weird. I was sitting in a recliner with a toboggan on or a sock cap, whatever you call it, and had a blanket over me, and if you, anybody in the family knows, if I ain't going to have no blanket on me. So, man, I was laying there watching Wanda and Walker, and it was kind of sad that I couldn't get down and get in his face and talk to him and, and things, but my wife's emotions were, were pretty high with Walker yesterday because... Walker was turning over, and not only was he turning over, I would get on the floor and show you how he was trying to crawl, but it would be kind of gross and ugly, but he laid, he would turn over, and he'd have his hands pinned under him, and he would start, it was funny, it was funny, but my wife was getting so tickled and so excited, and Maisie was there wanting to help him, you know, the emotion level was high there, but she had to leave him alone to figure out how to do the things he needed to do, I don't know if that made any sense or not, but emotions are things that are great for the moment, but they cannot dictate our life. Now we're going to go back to Daniel. Through his life, never did he live or act as a victim. Never did he allow the unfairness of his life begin to make him be a victim. And it's amazing to me how many people that call themselves, did you hear the song a few minutes ago about this God who who started with speaking the universes and the galaxies into existence, and then all the stars and the sun and all these things, and it comes back that he didn't want to send his son uh, just for us to restore us back. And there's something about this greatness of this God uh, that he made us not to be victims. And a person that always has a victim mentality, someone who's always living on their emotions, how did Daniel feel? How, how did he know how to base his life on, on something other than how he felt? Over the years, there's been a lot of decisions my wife and I have made, and and we would be driving down the road or sitting in the house, and we have discussed an issue, and then she would say, well, how do you feel about it? And many times I don't say anything when she first asks me, and it kind of frustrates her because I just kind of get quiet. And she goes, well, are you going to say anything or not? So well, I'm just going to just throw it out there off the cuff. Because a lot of times emotions just say things that shouldn't be said. Let me just go back to my notes. Until we stop living based on how we feel, we will always be trying to fix our feelings instead of fixing our mind. Everything needs emotion, but nothing can be completely based on how you feel. I'm going to read that again because that's a really important thing about you and your marriage, you and your work, you and your relationship with your neighbors, you and your relationship with your kids. Until we stop living based on how we feel, we will always be trying to fix our feelings instead of fixing our mind. I think one of the biggest hindrances that we have in failures is that our mind isn't fixed. Our emotions are all over the place, so we're never consistent. We have all these inadequacies in our life, and we never step into the, way, into the place, into the realm, really, that God wants to work in our life because our emotions dominate us too much. Is your mind fixed? Is your mind fixed? Regardless... Regardless of what happened, y'all hear me tell my story from time to time and, and some of you haven't heard things that we've been through and, and I'm not saying this for whatever reason, I had not planned on sharing this, but I'm going to tell you something that happens in life, it's, it's not always fair, but if you go around looking at the injustices of your life then you'll never grow up to get above and beyond it. I've shared with you before, four years old, uh, something happened to me uh, sexually that happened to me as a little four-year-old boy, and it it bothered me for years. It ate me up for years, and and then from that, it went on a little farther, And, and then from Life itself went on, my life leveled out great, man, my parents were awesome, life was great, until I was 25 years old, 25 years ago, my father was robbed, we had a service station, he had a couple of businesses, he had one little gas station left, and a guy, 20 years old, came in and robbed him, shot him six times in the back of the head, killed my father. From there, everything that was consistent, not emotionally, but everything consistent in our family began to get turned upside down. The leadership was no longer there. That authority figure was no longer there. The one that everybody looked to for advice and direction was no longer there. So now our family began to waver a little bit. My sister got a little bit a little bit out there, not bad. And, but my mom began to struggle with some things, and, and eventually she remarried. Well, you understand the importance of having... A solid person in your life is really it's really important because it keeps you in focus all the time. So here life goes on. We go on years later, we worked at Teen Challenge. A lot of things went on all over the years. Pastor at Deaf Church in Illinois. And we begin to see God do was faithful in our lives. And and then our, our daughter, she had her our first baby, her name was Kinsley, and Kinsley died at two months old to SIDS. And, and so here we are again, with facing something that had to do with death that we didn't understand. And I'll be honest with you, my wife was a complete uh, wreck in some ways, not, not with everybody else, but when we were alone, she would share things with me that she could not understand it. It didn't make any sense. Why would this have to happen? And my daughter was the same way. But here's the thing about every one of us. We have to fix our mind. And when I purpose in my heart, regardless, based on the emotions, regardless of what how bad it has gotten or what's went on in my life, I've got to make sure it's fixed. Go to Psalms, if you will, and uh, one hundred seven, one hundred nine. I'm sorry, Psalms one hundred nine. How many of you have a paper Bible in your hand? How many of you have an electronic Bible in your hand? Yeah, they're a little bit quieter. I don't know if you ever noticed that or not. They're a little bit quieter. But not as personal, but 107, verse 17. How am I interpreting things? Our inability to overcome our feelings, our inability to overcome our frustration, our inability to to overcome the unfair life that I've been dealt with or has been dealt to me. We keep clothing ourselves with the injustices, self-afflicted, our frustrations, our feelings. Verse 17 of Psalms 109 says this, As he loved cursing, so let it come upon him. As he delighteth not in blessing, so let it be far from him. As he clothed himself with cursing like as with his garment, so let it come into his bowels like water, and like oil into his bones. And let it be unto him as a garment which covereth him, for a girdle wherewith he is girded continually." That passage is talking about the way we continue to talk because we base everything on the injustices or the unfairness of life. Now, I know there's people here this morning that you say, I feel this all the time. That's one of your most famous quotes. Well, I feel like this today. I feel like that today. Well, let me ask you, who are you? Are we just based on who what we feel? Or is there something more to us than just that? Okay, I'm going to reel this in because I don't want you to be offended in that. But I want us to understand If you are so consumed with feeling, it will hinder you from anything getting better. Because you'll always be basing your progress on how you feel about something and how if we keep clothing ourselves with our injustices, self-inflicting ourselves with frustrations and our feelings, we will never get any better. It will only stay the same. I'd like you to go to Matthew chapter 18, if you will. Over the years, I've, I've met a lot of people, and, and one of the things that I found with a lot of people that deal with things that are extremely emotional is that they want answers, but they don't want to listen. They want answers, but they don't want to do anything about it. And so, what happens is when you're always consumed with emotions, and things are always a train wreck on the emotional side of things, and somebody tries to tell you, one of the first things I've, I always get a response is this, but. But let me just enlighten everyone in here. There is no one in here any more exceptional or any different than anybody else. And we all have our own personality issues. But there's never a, for instance, in your life or my life that, but you don't know me, but you haven't been what I've been through. But that has to go out the window this morning. It's so important that we understand that every one of us is somebody else just like us. Somebody else has had to get through it just like us. We've got to get through it just like them. And in the book of Matthew, there was a scenario with, with a guy who who had some things going on, Matthew chapter 18. Let's just go there in verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him, and he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but he went and he cast him into prison so that he should pay his debt. And when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and they came and told the Lord all that was done. And I'm going to stop there, because there's something about this passage that really hits us often. And it's this. When we feel like there's always something wrong, or something isn't fair, or something isn't right for us, we begin to live in a way that's extremely selfish. Selfish. And this man we just read about, you can read the whole story about the guy. He'd been forgiven a huge debt, but he was unwilling to forgive someone else a little debt. He couldn't see beyond himself, and he never appreciated what he'd been given. It is amazing how easy it is for us to begin to complain about what somebody else has, or how somebody else has this, or how somebody else has that, that we begin to get so ungrateful that we can't see any real changes in our own life. The ungratefulness of this guy had blinded him to anybody else having a need or going through a battle or going through anything, and he never appreciated the things he'd been given. As long as our, our focus is only on me, our feelings, we will always, we'll always interfere with our purpose. And grateful for what has happened positively. I want to ask the worship team to come back up, it's wherever they are, to come on back in. I was given a prayer request this morning. There's a young lady by the name of Shanta Surface. I am not I'm saying that correctly or not. But she's a young lady. She's, uh, she's married. And they have a seven-year-old little girl. And her husband had an aneurysm. And he's completely, basically brain dead now. This happened, I think, last night, in the last couple of days. This family is absolutely overwhelmed by this turn of events, I'm not foolish enough to say that things don't happen that seem unfair. As some of you have been through some things that seem very harsh and very hard. I'm going to use a couple of people for an example for just a minute, and, um, and I won't go into detail, but uh, Ben and Jeannie Hazel went through something years ago that was absolutely about as tragic as you could imagine in a family absolutely tragic the Coopers lost a son at a little over 50 years of age and he was diving down in the gulf some of you have lost children some of you have been through horrible things that you don't share with other people and I understand that but there's one thing I do know is that every one of us for us to move ahead we've got to get past living just on the feelings of things because people that any of us who always live off of our feelings are always in kind of disarray. Last week, this message is like part two kind of that. Last week we were talking about what I open with. About things that reoccur, things that happen, attitudes that take place. Things that we make excuses for in our life. A few months ago, my son stood up here and he said, You know, my, for several years, I always said, or people always said, that I have a, a drug problem. Uh, did he? Absolutely. But, but what he really had was, a, you remember what he said? I had a me problem. Until we realize it's me, it's not everybody else, then our feelings are always going to dictate everything else. The way we treat those that we should love, the way we respond, the way we respond. Now, folks, God gave us feelings for a reason. There's things we sense with our emotions, and things that He speaks to us about. Man, He quickens our spirit to go help someone or speak to someone. And those are extremely critical. But sometimes the enemy gets wedged in there with all the negative things that seem to happen, or at least we think they're negative. They get in our mind, they get in our life, and they become such a part of our personality that we're never happy. We never enjoy anything. There's always a blame. There's always a reason. There's always something to oppose. Feelings are great, but you've got to get past your feelings. We need to get to the heart of Daniel, a young man that had everything taken from him. But his emotions wasn't the issue. His purpose was. And it's the same with you. I'm going to read a quote to you that I heard. Um, I don't remember who said it, but I thought it was really important. The decisions I made are the decisions that made me. The decisions that I made are the decisions that have made me a lot of people think well it's too far and it really isn't but I'm going to tell you this shame on me and shame on you if we don't learn to listen for our lives to get better God did not give us this life for it to be jerked out from under us, he gave us this life to enjoy and be fulfilled and regardless of the hardships and the things that we've battled that's irregardless this morning my purpose is still the same. My purpose is still the same. Had something happen to me as a little boy. Lost my father at 25. Was married. Lived in Illinois. That was another horrible experience. Lived in Illinois. Uh, had My daughter and my oldest son, they both got involved in things they should have never got involved in. Uh, lost a, a grandbaby at two years of age. And, and there's a lot of other things over the years that have happened that have been absolutely emotionally wrecking. But it's never defined my purpose. And friend, when your emotions and the things that happen begin to define your purpose, it'll ruin you. It'll ruin you. What's your purpose? We're going to open the altars this morning. We're going to praise and, and we're going to worship and for however they feel led to worship. But we're going to give you an opportunity to come up here because I think there's some people that need to get some things under the blood. There's some people that need to get really honest with the Lord and quit making excuses for things emotionally keep setting them back. Well, you don't know how I was raised. Friend, I'm so tired of people making excuses just because how you were raised. We've all had bummer things happen being raised. Some of you grew up in a drug-infested home. Some of you had parents that were alcoholics. Some of you never had a dad. You never had a mom. You were passed around. All these things are dynamics that are true, and they are devastating. But you don't have to live in the devastation of your past. You have to live in the purpose that you have in your future. And that's why I went to Daniel 1. He purposed in his heart. His emotions would not dictate it, and his circumstances wouldn't. So if you're here this morning, man, you need to get some things in order. Your emotions have been devastating you. They've taken your joy. They've brought nothing but conflict in your marriage. They've brought nothing but conflict in your relationships. It's been nothing but a train wreck with everybody around you because your emotions are all over the place. Is there ever a place for medication? Yes, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about us and how we deal with things based purely on emotion. Now some of you say, well, I don't know what to go pray about. If you're dealing with this and this is hitting you and your life is being destroyed by emotion, friend, you need to come up and say, Father, I'm recognizing. Man, that is me. That is me. I'm a Daniel in a terrible situation, or I have been. But, Father, I will purpose in my heart who I'm supposed to be. Forgive me of the stuff I've allowed and forgive me of the stuff that I've tolerated. Forgive me of the stuff I've even embraced and actually enjoyed. Set me free in my mind, Lord, and bring conviction. Let your Holy Spirit touch my mind and bring it up and show me what I don't need to do. And friend, if you're here, I'm going to ask you to come. Get really honest with the Lord this morning, if you will. And don't put it off another week. Don't put it off another month.